0: Hello and welcome everybody, you're listening to The Vegan Pod, the podcast by The Vegan Society. Thank you to our guests for joining us for our very first episode and thank you to our listeners for being here. In this episode we're going to be discussing how vegan businesses have coped with the challenges of COVID-19. So I'm Jen Jones and today I'm joined by Joe and Mike from One Planet Pizza, the UK's first frozen vegan pizza company, whose mission is to make the world a better place one slice at a time. We also have Richard from Doisy & Dam a UK vegan chocolate company who want to live in a world filled with better ingredients, better ethics and better chocolate. And we have Greg from Fruitive, a US vegan restaurant that encourages you to live your health and live your values. So could you guys please uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves, including your business and the roles that you do, starting with Joe and Mike.
1: Hi, guys. Great, Great to be part of the first podcast. Thanks for having us. Uh, so we're Joe and Mike, we're the father and son team behind the UK's first frozen vegan pizza company. Uh, we started back in 2016 creating a range of premium life flight swaps um, of, of some of the main classic flavours of frozen pizzas out there in an attempt to revolutionise that market and make it easier for as many people as possible to eat less meat and dairy. Uh, we're now available on Ocado and in independent health shops across the whole country and in parts of Europe. Uh, and we've just recently launched our first ever direct consumer service, uh, which is the first in Europe where you can personalise vegan frozen pizzas and have them delivered sustainably to your front door.
0: Amazing, thank you. Um Rich, could you tell us a little bit about um, what Doizy and
2: Yeah, sure. So hi, I'm I'm Rich. Uh, it's great to be here as well. Uh, I'm one of the two founders of Doisy & Dam. We're a chocolate company that's been going a few years now, but um, over the last 12 to 18 months or so, we've slightly changed our direction and we've changed from being a premium block bar manufacturer to more of an innovative dark chocolate confectioner. And as part of that, we uh, made a pledge to make all of our products uh, fully vegan and also uh, we've stripped out all the nasties from our products so there's no palm oil no crap basically Uh, and we we have various different formats so we do things like our ballers which are crunchy balls of chocolate um, chocolate buttons and all sorts of delicious things that we sell in supermarkets around the country.
0: Amazing so that um, that change going fully vegan was that was January this year wasn't it?
2: That was January this year that we fully launched it. Yeah, but we've been we've been transitioning slowly over the last oh. 12 months as well.
0: <laughs> cool. Um. So, Greg, could you tell us a little bit about yourself as well?
3: Yes, I'm Greg Roseboom. I'm the founder of Fruitive. We are a whole food plant based restaurant. We make uh, everything from scratch. And I started our first location in Virginia. In 2012, and we have now five locations, including two locations in Washington, D.C. And we've been a whole food plant based from day one and always focused on, you know, salads, wraps, sandwiches um, and uh, smoothies and really with a focus on what can we make that's healthy and delicious for our customers. We just launched uh, franchising and um so we've had a lot of interest with that right before coronavirus hit. We had, uh, you know, a lot of interest and even had our first franchisee sign up. Um, and uh, and then, you know, we uh, and and then we'll probably get into it more as we as we go, just how we've been mm-hmm. impacted over the last few months. But that's about our brand.
0: Um, so, Joe, and Mike, could you tell our listeners uh, what your experiences of COVID-19 has been like as a business?
4: Well, we feel a bit embarrassed and guilty to say it, but very positive, (laughs) I'm afraid. I guess there's always got to be a silver lining, hasn't it? We, um, fortunately, and we we didn't plan it this way, two things have been very good for us. First of all, we're not in food service at all, so we um, are pretty much all um, retail. Certainly, December, we were totally you know 100% retail and then January we launched a very soft launch of our DTC offer in OPP Direct and but we didn't really shout about it at all we're only getting five to ten orders coming through in a week we're just experimenting with the e-commerce website making it making sure it worked properly and getting lots of feedback about the user experience and then um, as things started changing towards the end of March we noticed that the number of orders just started increasing through the through the website and so we we brought forward the um the official sort of hard launch and put a bit more time and effort into um into that route to market and within a month it had reached probably 25 percent our total income so 75 percent um, and that's grown as well um because our main retailers are independent health stores all of whom have pretty much stayed open Ricardo, Whole Foods down in in London and one or two other sort of small medium sized uh, food the food supermarket chains. So all of them, fortunately, have been open, and the sale of frozen foods on top of that has gone up as well because people are stocking up with more frozen food. But it's definitely been it's been, I mean, we've never been busier, Joe, have we? It's been incredible. We we're, were doing five and a half days a week. Now we're doing six and a half days a week. And uh, I run another business, which I usually only spend half my time on My black pizza, but it's pretty much uh, all of my time on, on the pizza business at the moment just to, to keep up. I think production's increased from, it was around 550 pizzas a day to over 750. So that's gone up by
1: 34%. Yes. as well and it's, it's generally been a pretty positive experience hasn't it? yeah yeah we're just uh, trying to make the best of a bad situation yeah. um and we're lucky that we can keep all of our staff employed that's been a big one for us we haven't had to furlough anyone at all um and then obviously they're all very happy to be able to come to work there's no traffic on the roads they it's business as usual for them um and we've just put all the measures in place to make sure they're safe and happy, but uh, yeah, we've been very fortunate, so we're um we're happy about that
0: of course um Richard, have you what has your experience been today you know obviously since all with, all this covid nineteen
2: yeah it's been it's been mixed to be honest. um we've suffered from the fact that quite a few supermarkets are deprioritizing smaller brands um the bulk buying that we that we saw at the start of the lockdown. Really, in terms of consumer purchasing habits, people's values, I think, slightly went out the window and we saw um, a return to kind of big brands and value over uh, as in just buying the cheapest stuff around rather than necessarily buying premium or buying ethics or things like that. But I think that that's that that was short term, really. Where we're suffering is where we sell on the high street. Uh, there's There there just isn't really the impulse and on-the-go purchasing of chocolate happening at the moment. Um, most most of those stores are suffering from a lack of footfall or uh, they're, they're closed entirely. Um, but, I mean, uh, like the guys from One Planet Pizza, our DTC business has exploded, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, we just launched a new website, which we'd made a lot more uh, e-commerce friendly uh, and yeah we've seen a uh, 500% growth uh, in online business which is which is really really helpful because it does make up for a lot of the short form uh, that that we've missed out on it's it's been really frustrating because we we launched the new products the new brand and everything in january um we had two and a half months that were about 150% up year on year um and then it's this this all hit but it's been okay we're, we're we're keeping the team together as well we're, we're we're all working remotely um we've not had to make any tricky decisions so far so we're just we're using this as an opportunity to really dig into the strategy and and, and take the time to focus on how we come out of this as well as uh, launching some community initiatives which have been really really fun so we we donated um three and a half thousand bars of chocolate to people in care homes across the country. Um, and we have sent out care packages to uh, a huge number of key workers that people in our own community nominated uh, as people who were doing particularly tricky work or were uh, particularly stressed in in this current period. So that's been really, really nice to be able to do as well.
0: Of course, cool. um, Greg, what has your experience has been like about through all this?
3: Oh, you're on mute, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, on March 16 was the day that we realized that, you know, sales had been, you know, the, the week prior sales had only dropped to like a few percent from from the previous year. And so we saw that sales were starting to be affected. And then March 16, by the middle of the afternoon, I realized <clears throat> the sales were down that day over 50% from the year previous. And that was the day that the, you know, the uh, governors and um, mayors started saying that people should stay home. And so by that afternoon, we realized that we had to shut down our um, multiple locations and um, furlough uh, 90% of our staff. And so that was definitely a tearful day for me. It was shocking. Um, but we acted very quickly, and by that evening, we'd gotten a letter out to our staff members, let them know what was happening. Our staff members were incredibly gracious. We um, explained to them what, why the reason uh, why we made the decision we did, and they were very understanding. Um, we've been trying to help them through this process, and uh, uh, since then, um, you know, sales have stayed low. They've started to climb back up in the few locations that we have open. Um, just a little bit, and we've been able to start slowly bringing um, staff members back to work.
0: Um, So these difficult circumstances, they have brought in communities of people uh, closer together. Um, So have you offered any support to local communities, or is there anything that you feel you've done to go the extra mile? Could you answer please, Greg?
3: Yeah, so um, some of the exciting things that we've been able to do is we offered our number one best-selling uh, menu item is our avocado toast. So we offered free avocado toast to all frontline workers, all the healthcare workers, and emergency um, first responders, and that was like throughout the stay-at-home order. So still today, they're still coming in to get the free avocado toast, and we wanted to do that to to support, you know, those who are on the front lines. We also had many of our regular customers. Uh, you know, we have customers that have been coming for almost eight years, five days a week um, that we are a really big part of their lives. And they told us how much they missed having our food items. So we we decided to go ahead and share our recipes with um, our entire customer base. So we started posting recipes online so that um, our customers could make the products in their own home. And it was really exciting to see on Instagram and social media, our customers like Taking our recipes, making them in their home kitchens, taking pictures of them, and so it was. It's been really an exciting part of the last month and a half has been seeing the community in their own homes, like making that um, healthy, whole food, plant based meals um, that we typically provide in our restaurants, but now they're they're able to make them in their homes. So those are just a couple of the things that we've been able to do to kind of um, maneuver quickly and and still uh, be a part of our customers lives
0: amazing and um, so richard already ta- you touched on that already about the the nhs you have done nhs care packages as well
2: um, yeah that's that's right
0: yeah so um was there anything else that you you you've been doing recently to help communities or
2: Uh, So aside from the the one other thing that we did was because we we, so we gave the bars to care homes as well uh, and we gave the 150 care packages away. But we also put on an option on our website where people could contribute to a pot where we would take the pot and apply it to uh, at cost price. So at no profit to ourselves to to send more care bundles out beyond the 150 that we'd originally sent and that was fantastic I think in the first day that we put it up we had a thousand pounds donated uh, for people which means that we've been able to send out far more care packages beyond the 150 to uh, to intensive care departments at uh, various hospitals in London and Birmingham uh, which has been brilliant but I think that beyond just what we do to for, for the community I think the other thing that's been exceptional is how supportive our community has been of us. Um, we've had so many messages from people who are fans of the brand, who uh, are just just want to be supportive and understand that these are tricky times, um, and that's been it's been amazing.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Joe, Mike, have you also done anything that you would say has gone the extra mile, or have you, you know, anything to do with the local communities?
1: It would be incredibly awkward if we said we've done nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> After all those amazing things, that would be a It still puts us to shame, guys. it's really good to hear. It's so inspiring. Um, well, I mean, yeah, so we were already donating any surplus or, or potentially waste products and food to um, the local homeless community. Uh, we know the lady who runs it in Norwich, and we've got a good relationship with her. So we were doing that anyway, but we've kind of upped our game. and. Um, We've we've done that, but also we've offered anyone in the Norwich Norfolk area who's struggling to access um, gluten-free or vegan foods, get in touch with us. And um, we're delivering surplus gluten-free pizzas. So they're vegan and gluten-free. So we're quite in a, in a fortunate position where people may be struggling to get their normal um, free from foods from a supermarket. And it makes it really difficult for them to, to do that now. So we can, we've gone out and said, well, if you're really struggling, get in touch and we'll drop some off. Um, So we're doing that on a a sort of weekly, fortnightly basis for anyone who's in particular need, Um, which has been really nice to do, to sort of go the extra mile locally. We also have offered um, free delivery on all our OPP direct orders nationwide. So if anyone wants to order the the frozen vegan pizzas, they don't have to pay for delivery. Um, But locally, we actually are delivering those ourselves. Um, So we get to meet the customers and have a bit of a chat from a distance with them, which is really nice for us to meet them in person. Um, we also did a, a really big NHS giveaway recently on Instagram. We got a few of our favourite other brands on board and and um, we got all of our followers and their followers to to encourage everyone to tag an NHS frontline worker. And so the competition was a, a massive, pri- uh, I think three massive prizes that went out to NHS workers that had been tagged by their friends or family. Um, yeah, uh, the
4: other interesting thing is um, this concept of gifting. We've really noticed an increase in this. So one of the things that we really... On the website now is, uh, is the opportunity to when they put in an order to write a message so people aren't buying the pizza boxes just themselves they're also buying it for other people um, and then we have a so we, we, we went outside well, if you want to gift a pizza just put we created this box on the website where they can put a message and then we handwrite the message and put it into the box and that's really picked up, Joe, as the people have been sending pizza boxes to yeah. you know, their mums and dads who have probably never had a vegan pizza in their life. And then all of a sudden they get a box full of five of them landing on their doorstep.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit of vegan outreach, but it's also a way of people to, to stay in touch with their loved ones and to show them that they're thinking of them. And it's, it, it's a different way of doing it, isn't it? It's, it's a nice gift at the moment, particularly when it's so hard to get your usual uh, food items from the shop so that's worked really well and we've loved seeing all these notes come through the website and we write them out by hand and uh, we've had some funny strange requests but it's uh it's fun we had our first funeral yeah yeah yeah. yes we had a a really nice uh, lady get in touch that she would love to send her friend um some gift pizzas who's, who's just had a funeral in the family and um by coincidence they were relatively local to us so we're going to deliver them ourselves with a special note and some extra goodies to keep them going but uh
0: Aww.
1: yeah it's, it's, it sounds like some of the things to what you other guys are doing where you're just putting the customer first
0: yeah that's amazing uh, so the vegan society recently conducted a study which found that one in five uk households are turning to veganism so do you feel that this has affected your business in any way if you're obviously you've said that you've had a bit of a surge in sales So I don't
1: know if that might have contributed
0: to it. Was
1: that for
4: us? Sorry, Jen. Oh, yes. I think it's too early to tell. I think that, um, as uh, as Richard said, when things first, um, you know, closed down, certainly the, you know, the the worst or the, the less good side of human nature came out, didn't this? And everyone was just going crazy buying, buying stuff. Um, but I do think that with people being, I think people have become more health conscious. And so as a result of that, you know, perhaps when they're now shopping online and they've got more time to think about it, uh, I haven't got any research to back this up at all, but perhaps people just as they're getting a little bit more connected to nature and enjoying the nature and environment, uh, you know, we're all listening to the birds singing all of a sudden, aren't we, and things like this. Um, perhaps people, I think, are thinking a little bit more about their food. Not everyone, but perhaps more people than before are now just thinking, a, 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 making a bit more conscious decisions about what they eat. And because life has slowed down, perhaps that gives people the opportunity to do that. Whereas normally everyone's just rushing around, grabbing whatever they can for lunch and dinner. You know, a lot more, a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people have got more time on their hands. So, I think people are overall perhaps becoming a little bit more thoughtful about what they eat. Whether that turns into a long-term change towards, you know, plant-based diets, I'm not so sure. But you know, I think it may be lead to may accelerate the reduction. Certainly in Western development uh, society, West, Western developed societies may speed up the reduction and of, of meat and dairy consumption,
3: perhaps.
0: Okay. And um, So Richard, do you do you know um, if, if there's any research to support that maybe there's more non vegans turning towards your products or? Um...
2: Yeah, I think the, the the way that we've approached this is that it's it's kind of a it's a it's a holistic approach. It's not just veganism. It's not just lower sugar, and it's not just the ingredients that we use. It's it's everything. It's the it's the ethics of the, the supply chain that you have people care about where cocoa comes from it's the quality of the ingredients that you put into your products um so are you using high quality cocoa are you using palmo um uh, and are you using milk powder and for us when it came to milk powder we just from a quality and an ethical perspective we just felt that we we those things were incompatible and we couldn't use that in our product and claim it to be a high quality and high ethics product so that's why we took out milk powder that's why we took out palm oil um and we are also reflecting the the changing consumer habits which are not necessarily just about being more plant based it's more, it's also about uh, better being being healthier um and it's also about making uh, good choices in terms of the ingredients and in the, the quality of the products that they buy, and what we 've have seen or that the research that we 've done has shown is that people are in, in the sort of eighteen to forty category are really put off by what they 're finding in the offerings that you see from Capri's Mars Nestle, the big incumbent brands because they they don 't score well on any of those categories um, and milk chocolate really is is still uh, loved by. An older generation who grew up on it, but actually the younger generation now is is much more discerning of what they want to eat, and we felt that there weren't enough options out there that met those needs um, so whether it 's people who are specifically vegan uh, uh, you know, year round, or whether it's people who are just starting to make better choices. Those are the customers that we're looking to um, uh, fulfill the, the the purchasing desires that they have. Um, and we've, we've had an, an amazing response to it. Um, and people recognize what we're trying to do. And we're really just, we're not trying to be holier than thou about it at all. We're just trying to say, look, it, it, on the one hand, you have M&Ms. And then you have our product that sits side by side with it. There's no need for the M&Ms to contain the amount of palm oil they do. There's no need for it to contain the milk powder. There's no need for it to have a list of E numbers uh, that's 10, 10 numbers long because we're proving that we can do exactly the same product without all of that, uh, with ingredients that you recognise. So that's that's really the goal of what we're trying to achieve. Okay.
0: So, Greg, the UK study would not apply to you, obviously, but have you noticed uh, a surge in customers or, um, you know, Have you noticed that you have more non-vegan customers coming
3: to you? Yeah, we definitely have. um, You know, we've done some research before with our customer base to see what percentage are vegans. And actually, um, probably only 5 to 10% of our customers are actually um, vegans. And so the vast majority of customers that we serve are customers that are choosing plant-based options, that are, you know, they recognize um, that they need and that it's good for them to go ahead and, and make those better choices, even though they haven't gotten to that point yet where they, they're they've decided to make that choice for every meal that they have. And so we are constantly promoting and, and pushing the plant-based message and the vegan message, but we're also trying to do it in such a way where we are not, um, you know, where, where everybody's welcome and we want everybody to eat a healthy meal. So, um, you know, I think, that it's, uh, you know, we definitely see in the, at large in society, so many more plant-based options over the course of the last year, especially, I mean, the amount of uh, plant-based milks and cheeses in the grocery stores, you know, around us has just um, grown so much in the last year. So we really really are seeing a lot of growth in our space.
0: Amazing. Um, so, Make and Joe, have you found it difficult to source ingredients from suppliers, um, especially in the first few weeks of lockdown, when obviously there were of supplies that were short?
1: No, it's the short answer. I guess we've been quite lucky. Yeah, all of our suppliers have, have been reliable, and they've, um, you know, kept us updated and posted on any issues their end. But uh, no, we've been quite fortunate with our suppliers.
0: Okay. Um, but have you found any difficulties
2: with suppliers or? Uh, we, no, I think, again, we've been fairly lucky. We had one of our manufacturers shut down briefly, but um, they they actually just brought forward a scheduled full clean down uh, to, to the start of the lockdown period. So uh, we're, we're, I suppose, lucky and unlucky in that, I mean, we source directly from cocoa plantations in Colombia where we have relationships with with the, the farmers and the growers. So uh we uh, by nature of that we have to order in large quantities so we we order by the container um in for in the actual beans. Um and luckily we we have a lot of stock in the UK. So uh we we've been
3: okay.
0: Okay. How about you, Greg, have you found any difficulties with um suppliers or ingredients?
3: No, we've had a great relationship with our suppliers and they've been um, you know, they've definitely been uh haven't slowed down at all through this time.
0: But, um that's really good news. Um so are there any unforeseen circumstances that you couldn't uh you couldn't have planned for? Um Joe and Mike?
1: Sorry, I just unmuted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean we we're, we're still we're, we're still learning as we go we're, we're still quite a relatively young small company so the only thing, i mean things are always changing over here for us and things are changing on a weekly basis because we're just um we're trying to grow rapidly with with fairly little experience um i know that one of the issues we've faced recently is is that the cold store sites are generally in the uk are filling up quite quickly um so they're taking lots of things in uh, by the by the pallet and container um and not too much is going out so we know that our local storage site where we hold quite a lot of stock and other ingredients like the vegan cheese um they're saying that they're getting to the they've never been as busy as they are now in terms of their capacity which is a little bit of a risk for us but We've recently started hiring our own walk-in freezer, which has been a real lifesaver. We got a bit too excited about, and we're now looking at getting another second walk-in free. Um, so I guess that's one of the things we've had to think about quite quickly, whether we need to make a decision on. Um, so we feel a bit safer now we've got our own storage on site. Um, uh, the only other thing I can think of is that um, so our courier partner DPD who. Um, who handles all of the next day delivery for OPP Direct um, nationwide? They've they've never been this busy as well. They keep saying every day at the moment is as busy as Christmas day for them. Um, but but they've increased their team and they're, they're very big established companies so they know what they're doing. And and we've got a really good um, relationship with our driver who who comes to the site two or three times a week and. And they've just increased their, you know, their their team and their workloads quite quickly. And and it, again, there hasn't been too much of a problem for us. It, it could have been a lot worse.
4: I think that's one potential pinch point going forward, isn't it, in terms of that uh, final mile delivery to home, because uh, that's just those those businesses that were already doing D to C have expanded. Those people that weren't doing it have launched it. So we've got uh, they're really under pressure at the moment, the couriers. Uh, and that's probably our one week spot isn't it that you know we just know that if we put out 100 boxes we've got to accept that five of them are not going to reach the home at the moment just because of the the stresses and strains that that, uh, all couriers, not just EBT, I think
2: all couriers are under at the moment.
0: Fair enough, have you had any unforeseen circumstances Richard?
2: Uh, well, other than exactly the same issues of um uh, deliveries uh, I mean we had uh, uh, we launched our first ever range of Easter eggs and uh we did our version of Cabri mini eggs as well this year um which luckily we sold out of all of it uh, just before the lockdown hit because i mean I've heard some horror stories of how easter sales went this year in general uh but we i mean we we really suffered from royal mail and courier delays uh and it was a really it was really stressful trying to make sure that people got their easter eggs in time for easter um and sadly some of them didn't but uh on the whole we we kind of managed to muddle our way through i, I don't think there's anything unforeseen really uh Beyond this whole situation because everything is unforeseen. Still, we don't know when things are going to return to normality. Um, we don't know when uh, social distancing is going to stop and when people are going to start shopping the category as they did prior to this lockdown happening. Um, I think I've got hope, despite the fact that, uh, as we touched on, people did return to value and and bigger brands and and maybe compromised on some of their... Choices. My feeling is that this, the sense of community and the sense of we're all in this, in this together, and some of the a lot of the evidence of the environmental impact of lockdown, I hope will have a positive impact on how people shop in future, um, and and making people think about how they act. There's also been plenty of examples of big businesses doing not doing things in the right way, and, and so my, my hope is that it will have a lasting impact on how people view. the the products that they consume. Mm
0: -hmm. What about you, Greg, have you had anything, any challenges or unforeseen circumstances?
3: Yeah, I think that, you know, before the coronavirus um, hit, we we only had one uh, delivery, um, kind of one delivery company we were using, DoorDash. And, you know, we had to move very quickly. And now we have, I think, six different companies we're using for delivery. Um, and we've had to expand our app offering. And so it's been, you know, it's been, uh, moving quickly to figure out, okay, with what are people doing now and how do we continue to serve them and how do we continue to, to have work for our, for our staff members. And, um, and so that's probably been one of the biggest changes over the last, uh, two months is just switching really a lot of our business over to the delivery side.
0: Okay. Um, so Greg, how have you felt about everything that's happened? What, like, what has your outlook been throughout this whole, um, this whole scenario? Have you been, have you been trying to be positive or, you know, how has it been for you?
3: Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm grateful that my family has been healthy. All of our staff members that I, uh, that we're staying in touch with, even the ones that we've had to furlough, everyone is, is healthy. And, um, you, you know, so we're grateful that those who are close to us are are healthy and, and, um, you know, focus on that gratitude at the same time, you know, very concerned for those who are not healthy and very concerned for everything that's going on. So it's definitely been a, a mix of emotions. And um, as far as personally, you know, I, I, uh, I'm very committed to staying healthy. I, um have a very strict exercise meditation routine that I do throughout every single day. I'm um, doing like five hundred push ups a day. I've been doing that um you know throughout this time and uh and I also read a lot and um, uh blog every day um and so I've been reading um through a, a lot of different plant based books and and blogging about them and so you know just really trying to stay active and healthy. And, um, you know, a lot of times when I'm doing push-ups, my, I'll get my kids to come over and join me. And so it becomes a, a family exercise routine and, uh, also do that with the meditation. And so, you know, really just taking what, what's been given us, you know, taking what we have here and trying to make the best of it in our, in our home life and encouraging others to, to do the same.
0: Okay what has your outlook been throughout this whole thing Richard?
3: Well
2: I think pretty similar um I, I got it pretty early on I had the I had managed to catch it somehow and it was pretty it's not it's not particularly fun to get so it, you're you're in this situation where um it's the one time kind of as someone who's running a business that you you kind of can't blame yourself for something so you have to just You have to go with it and and that's what we're trying to do this is something that's so much bigger than our business and uh you know all the problems and the stresses that it might cause that we're just trying to actually relax be positive about it understand that there's nothing there are very few things that we can do to influence our situation at the moment um other than just the basics um we're really focusing in on our community uh, because that's what that's who will be loyal to us when we come out on the other side of this and yeah I think in a lot of ways I'm enjoying it um I'm enjoying working from home uh, and I've got my my daughter here um it's nice to see her more um and the whole team is really kind of getting behind the fact that this is this this is something that we all are in together um and and we just have to make the most of it
0: Okay, and what about you, Joe? And Mike, how's your outlook been throughout this whole um, situation?
4: Can yeah, I start, Mike? Yeah, I've just—I've never been so tired, to be honest. <laughs> just completely knackered from uh, uh, the amount. Of, I don't know. Two businesses, to one business. I can actually. We're both, as I've said, that um, and it's all because I, I think one of the problems is because. You haven't got the usual social stuff that's um that's available you fill up that space with uh, with more work related stuff so i mean we're both quite good either, i think on the exercise and it sounds like there's a meditation theme coming through here we all do uh all, all do that as, as well and i found that i've started waking up earlier, earlier, yeah, um, and, and probably you know still eating as healthy as i ever have but just having to really switch off from work probably more so than ever because you know we haven't been, I haven't been able to go down the pub haven't been able to play squash or tennis or you know a lot of the other things that would usually force me to stop working so I've had to be a little bit more disciplined uh, when I'm at home by myself and not not you know and, and have that cut off time and and fill it with with more walks and a little bit more you know running and, and biking I think mean, you found the same haven't you Jack?
1: yeah yeah i just it's been really strange, but it's been quite nice reflecting on how uh, how you used to live and what your daily routine used to be like. And, and now you know the roads are dead, and we're turning up at work, and our kitchen's like a busy hive surrounded by total peace and quiet. So yeah, it's, it's been really strange to be busier than ever when everything else is almost ground to a halt. Um, so yeah, we've had to sort of look at. It's been quite tough to be disciplined with not working too much at the moment because there is plenty to do, but at the same time you haven't got all those reminders or those social mm. breaks in place and you're not going on a holiday at all. You're just working every day. But uh no, we've been lucky that obviously I, I get to see Mike, which has been easy. Um Jackie's the kitchen, she's the sort of manager of the kitchen. So uh I haven't felt like I've been isolated at all. Uh, it's been very sort of normal for me. But um yeah it just gives you time to reflect on how you used to live life so it's, it's just been an interesting time for everyone but we're, we're lucky in Norfolk we live in a fairly rural part of the country so um you know the, in terms of the the volume of people who've got it it's it's pretty low here for a county and there's lots of space so it's uh, it's a safe place to be and uh every, it's funny everyone's starting to walk places they've never been before and uh, we're all discovering how nice Norfolk is, and how different footpaths there are, and lakes, and everything. So there are there are plenty of positives to take out of this. And, and as a company, I guess it's uh, our responsibility just to stay positive, fun, fairly light-hearted, and, and not talk about the negatives, but to keep people's moods, you know, uplifted and high as best we can with with vegan pizza and what we're doing every day.
0: Amazing. So that kind of led on to my uh, last question, which is going to be, did you have any tips on how to cope with COVID-19 or any tips for the general public, but you've already covered like going for walks and things like that? <laughs> i, 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 had, I to-
4: had one, one, Jennifer, this has been a big one for me. I've drastically reduced the amount of news that I watch on TV. <laughs> I used to be a bit of a Channel 4 freak, you know, at 7 o'clock I'd always watch the news, 10.30 I'd watch news night. And I reckon I've reduced that down by 75% at the moment, because uh, I just, it, you can only um, absorb so much information about the virus and what we're trying to do about it, can't you? Um, you know, so that's been a really good one for me, because I was getting a little bit addicted to certain news routines and patterns, and I've, I've broken free of that totally, so that's a real positive for me.
0: That's good. Um, what about you, have you, um Have you got any tips for any vegan businesses, or just... Any tips in general for the public?
2: I think uh, my, my biggest thing would be to focus in on, uh, whether it's as a business or whether it's just as a human, uh, focus in on your communities and the people that are important to you, um, whether you call them communities or tribes or whatever. Um, I'm a, just a big fan of, uh, uh, yeah, for me, it's my, uh, my family and my friends. Uh, they're the ones that are really important to me on a personal level, and then yeah, on, a, on a, as a business level, we've we've just really doubled down on making sure that we're communicating and we're as close to our community as possible because it, it just pays such dividends. They they it, you know I'm not even talking in just a financial sense, but from a mental health sense, knowing that there are people there to, who are loyal, who support us, and and who believe in what we're trying to achieve. Uh, it is amazing when you're going through a period like this. Um, and then I would also massively second the point of cutting down the amount of news you read.
0: <laughs> what about you, Greg? Have you got any, any tips for the general public or just as a vegan business owner?
3: Yeah, just uh, on the business side of things, I would just say, like, just continuing to communicate throughout this time has been really important. So continuing to communicate with our former employees and letting them know what's going on, continuing to communicate with, um, you know, our vendors and on Instagram, staying very active and, um, like responding to everybody who's, uh, who's tagging us. And so I I feel like as a business, even when we're, even when sales have dropped by 90%, letting everybody know we're still here, we're still active, um, has been really important. Uh, and on the personal side, just, yeah, like I've already said, like, you know, uh, that personal exercise time is really important to me. And, um, and also just taking the time to, to read. And there's so many amazing, um, good books, uh, about, um, eating plant-based, uh, for health reasons, or whether it's the, the values that we have as vegans, um, and promoting animal welfare or, or whether it's the, um, or whether it's the uh, planet that um, the environment, like there's books on all these issues that that you know I really encourage people to to um, read.
0: Amazing. So thank you for sharing that. So under the circumstances we faced recently, the Vegan Society has recognised that there is a misconception that vegan food is generally more expensive than non-vegan food. To challenge this idea, we've launched a new campaign called Live Vegan for Less. This campaign offers support and information for those who believe that being vegan is more expensive to maintain. You can find out more by visiting vegansocietycom less. And the Vegan Society's work also includes helping farmers shift towards plant-based protein agriculture, getting vegan meals on public sector menus, supporting vegan rights, research, and more. So if you'd like to join our work, support our work, join the Vegan Society movement, and become a member, you can find out more at vegansociety.com/join. And as a big thank you, you'll get access to lots of exciting discounts and also to our quarterly magazine, The Vegan. A few of the latest articles in The Vegan magazine include vegan weddings, well-being during COVID-19 and tasty recipes. Well, that just about wraps things up. So thank you once again for joining us. You can find all the episodes over on Podbean and they'll also be available on Google Podcasts and Apple iTunes. Keep an eye on our social media channels where we post a new podcast content and you can find all of our news and updates over on our website at vegansociety.com. Thank you.